1: Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 193 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we welcome back Audrey Snyder of The Athletic to preview Nebraska's November 7th matchup with Penn State. We also react to the news of a 10-game Big Ten schedule. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker
2: Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo.
1: Check out their website for their latest deals, cnbuffalo.com. We're also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who does? Hit up Monty at 402 770 3356. Welcome back, Justin. Thank you. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. It's good to see some of your face. Oh. You're talking about my COVID beard? Yeah, man. You're looking very Tom Hanks in Castaway right now. <laughs>
2: you, were, you were the third person in the last
1: week to tell me that. So... I guess what you're telling me is that I'm not wrong to make that observation. <laughs>
2: I think what I'm telling you is I
1: look like Tom Hanks. You know, there are worse people to be compared to. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I mean, there's only only one man qualified to play Mr. Rogers, Right. This is true,
2: <laughs> America's Uncle. Yeah, I've had
1: several conversations recently
2: on Zoom uh, where I haven't talked to folks in a while, and they don't recognize me. So it's <laughs> uh, it's getting big. It's getting big.
1: Well, on behalf of our listeners, um, I know I've already told you privately, but I'll say it right here on the podcast. Congratulations to you and your wife.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Growing the family, got four kids now. It's a little bit wild, a little bit crazy.
1: Wild and Crazy Kids was one of my favorite shows on television growing up though. That's my life right now.
2: <laughs> That's been fun. It's it's a weird time to be home on paternity leave. When we had our third child, it was in June, and I took the older two. Like we went to museums and a hmm. like, library and we just went to a ton of places for for a month and it was a blast. And now we can't go places. So um we got a hammock recently, one of those uh, Eno hammocks that you can hang from like any tree. Mm-hmm. And so now we're like driving around Lincoln looking for empty parks to hang up our hammock.
1: <laughs> nice. At least you're getting outside. Kids are getting vitamin D. Yeah, no, it's it's been fun. Today was really
2: nice. Mm-hmm. It's been really hot though. Yeah. Also hot is the news right
1: now. Yeah. The football news. So we said in the intro that Nebraska's matchup with penn state is going to be november 7th but do we know that for sure <laughs> yeah
2: who knows what happens yeah when i was talking to audrey i can't remember if this made the will make the final cut or if it was before we were recording but she was like who knows if penn state comes out this far at all mm. yeah so what let, let's talk about that more after that stuff more after the interview sure um
1: well, speaking of the interview, do you want to just, we can uh, play it now and then we'll yeah. catch up with some Big Ten news after afterwards. Sounds good.
2: We're excited to welcome back to the show after a few years, Audrey Snyder. Audrey's a Penn State beat reporter with The Athletic. And uh, we last spoke to you a couple years ago when Nebraska last played Penn State. And uh, welcome back to the show.
0: Appreciate it. I was, uh, I was, am, I'm not quite sure. Looking forward to getting out to Lincoln this year. I don't, we'll see.
2: Yeah. Hard to know what to expect. Um, <laughs> I've had, as I've been talking to beat reporters this summer, we've, we've kind of gone with the assumption that the season would be normal and just tried to operate under that paradigm. But uh, you and I are talking about 24, for 24 hours after it was announced that the big Ten's going to just a 10 game big 10 conference schedule. So uh, let's just, Let's talk about that elephant in the room for a little bit. Um, I, I'm curious as, as someone who, you know, this is what you do for a living is watch mm-hmm. and cover this. Like, what are your reactions to that?
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're going just to a conference schedule makes sense. I mean, I I've compared it on my story on the athletic to Is this just kind of starting to slowly pull the band aid off on the 2020 season? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope this isn't the case, but you know, I just think the way things are moving, the Big Ten says this buys them some time um, in terms of flexibility. Um, I guess here's the the question, though, is, you know, we don't know what this virus is going to look like. We don't know how people are going to continue to react. We don't know what these campuses are going to look like if and when they still bring students back, which Penn State's still planning on welcoming back 40,000-plus students here next month. Wow. So, you know, Penn State hasn't had a positive uh, test yet of the 102 student-athletes that they've tested, oh. but, I mean, looking at the numbers, it's probably only just a matter of time until someone gets it, right? I mean, that's right. just kind of, you're, you're playing the numbers game here, so not really surprised that they're going with just a conference schedule, but I just, I wonder now what happens with these contractual agreements, and is Penn State going to be on the hook to pay Kent State, to pay San Jose State? Um, what happens to the $500,000 that they were going to make from going down to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech Week 2? I mean, who knows? I think at, at this point, um, you know, you look at Penn State playing Nebraska November. Who knows what kind of shape we're in in November as a country. Right. Um I know for me, in terms of travel, getting out there is always a challenge, getting out to Lincoln from State College.
2: Right, and vice versa.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's always, you know, one year I ended up in Denver. Oh my uh, goodness, yeah. I mean, so I don't know what, what that's going to look like. But yeah, definitely a newsy week for sure.
2: Yeah, did you, so you kind of thought this might happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, it just it, – it makes sense. And we were, of course, hearing from our colleagues at The Athletic, like, hey, this is probably going to be the next step. Um, and that's why, like, it's great working with so many plugged-in people. So when Nicole Auerbach breaks the story, then it's like, okay, we were planning on this. So we've kind of been foiling game contracts here for a little while, trying to get our hands on those uh, just to have a better idea. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just so crazy when you try to predict – what this season's going to look like because nobody knows and nobody can even pretend that they do, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a, it's a mess. And the, and there's so many, so many variables. And, you know, the thought of when, when New York city was really reeling at its peak, the thought of going, uh, to Rutgers to play seemed like a terrible idea. Uh, and now, uh, things have receded or things are better, but still, you know, the idea of uh, in November you could have peaks here, peaks there. And, you know, do you want to send healthy people? And yeah, lots, lots <laughs> of crazy stuff. Well, okay. Well, I think we, I think we've talked about that enough. Um, considering the news is 24 hours old and there's lots more to, to learn about that. So let's, let's just go back to like our normally scheduled conversation here about, about Penn state and Nebraska. And um, I'd like, I'd like to talk a little bit about the 2019 schedule, uh, Penn State was eleven and two, a couple real close conference losses, uh, just just barely lost to Minnesota, and uh, a, a tight one with LSU before beating Memphis pretty soundly in their bowl game. How how does how do Penn State fans view this last season? Is that is that a successful season? Are are they disappointed? What what's the take?
0: They're always, I think, like any fan base, they always want more. <laughs> and then for Penn State, that more is okay, you know, they've been to New Year's six games in three of the last four years. That's wonderful. Like, that's not a bad accomplishment by any stretch. But the big thing is really how do you kind of take that next step? How do you get into the college football playoff? Uh, and you got to beat Ohio State to put yourself in that conversation. And that's kind of been the the elephant in the room the last few years. you got to be able to beat them. Uh, but – the good thing for Penn State is the talent that it returns, and you really started to see that last year. Uh, the last six games of the season, running back Journey Brown was playing at a really, really high level. Uh, Sean Clifford, it was his first year as a starter, so of course you get him back. Um, and Micah Parsons was just a one-man wrecking crew in the Cotton Bowl game. Huh. So, I mean, right there, you've got a great nucleus. Uh, then, of course, you had Pat Friermuth to that. He did a lot of nice things last year. Um could arguably be the top tight end in college football this year. So you got a lot of pieces. But, again, the big thing last year was the offense just wasn't great enough. Um, I think this team is going to go as far as Sean Clifford takes it. The defense was tremendous last year, returns a lot of what uh, that same defense had. So really now it's just can you take the next step with what you have and oh, by the way, the offense is yet again the question mark. This time, now with a new offensive coordinator, uh, with a quarterback with another year of experience, and a wide receiving core that is just completely unknown behind mm-hmm. the top target, Jahan Dotson.
2: So, kind of, you kind of transitioned us there. Moving moving forward, admittedly, and did you were there any spring practices for Penn no. State? Okay. Nope. So you've got nothing to go on there. Um, <laughs> just knowing what you've got coming back, um, and, and the influx of talent, what, what do you see as strengths and weaknesses of the team right now?
0: Yeah. The strength is going to be the defense again. Um, they were tremendous against stopping the run last year. Um, really one of the best defenses in college football, but their Achilles heel was the big plays and how do you kind of eliminate those big plays, especially through the air, they were really susceptible to giving up some chunk yardage plays. Um, but, I mean, you have Micah Parsons and you have someone who probably will be a top 10 pick um, in the draft this year. I mean, so you look at Parsons' junior season and he carries with him that hype that LeVar Arrington was getting. I mean, it's it's a similar kind of deal uh, with him. So the defense should be really good. The linebacking core on paper um, – should be remarkable. I mean, Brandon Smith, former five-star prospect, is a sophomore. You got Parsons, the junior, and then you've got a competition for the middle linebacking spot uh, that's going to be sorted out in camp. So, I mean, on paper, you've got a linebacking core that should be one of the best in the country. Hmm. Uh, So, you know, what can they do with that? Um, And then of course the offense, the strengths there, you look at the offensive line, Uh, should be pretty good. They had a coaching change in the off season with Phil Troutwine. They returned three – I'm sorry, they returned four of five starters up front. Uh, And this is a group with a lot of depth, more so than they've had a few years ago. Uh, So that should bode well. But deep, deep group of running backs yet again. Um, So, I mean, they're really positioned well, but it's just kind of how do you mitigate some of these challenges that they're going to have. Um, And that's exactly what their receiving core is at this moment. Mm -hmm.
2: I always like to talk about seeing Micah Parsons in person in Lincoln. He came for a a Friday night light summer workout back when Riley (laughs) was the coach and he was running routes as a wide receiver and beating some top talented (laughs) DBs. So, I mean, what, what a freak athlete.
0: Yeah. You know what? He did that at a Penn state camp too. And he must've been, I think he was like a 10th grader. And I remember being there and he was just torching kids um, and it was a fascinating recruitment to cover, and one that I'm looking forward to digging back into uh, this summer and this fall and kind of rehashing it because everybody knew you were going to get somebody who was a game changer. Um, yeah. But it was just absolutely insane, the whole, the whole recruitment. And um, he definitely played it up too, and that's kind of seems to be his personality. Enjoyed the attention, uh, but he's certainly lived up to every bit of the hype since he's been in state college.
2: Got to love it when that happens. You got to love it when people live <laughs> up to the hype. Um, so let me let me pull up the schedule here for the fall. Uh, for as far as crossovers, you've got Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska. That's assuming that there isn't. Well, no, there will be one more crossover now. We don't know who that is. Um, you lose your okay, non-conference. Yeah. You lose a tough uh, non-conference game at Virginia Tech and kent state and san jose state at home so we've got uh, northwestern again assuming that this is what happens you got <laughs> northwestern going to michigan iowa ohio state at home going to indiana coming to nebraska currently scheduled for november 7th uh hosting michigan state maryland and then finishing off at rutgers and there'll be one more cross-divisional game in there all that said wh- what is this team capable of in your opinion
0: I mean, this is yet again a top 10 team that's still trying to see if it can get into that conversation for the top four. Um, I mean, it's. I I think a lot of people kind of take for granted how quickly Penn State has really turned the corner. I mean, the sanctions came out in 2012. This was a program that was supposed to be decimated, Hmm. uh, scholarship limitations and all of that. And you fast forward and you get to where you are now in 2020, and it's like, all right, they've been in New Year's six bowl games three of the last four seasons. Um, They've consistently been competitive, haven't had a losing season. And so, I mean, it's just all about can they take that next step? Uh, Because fans can be, you know, they can be very happy with, like they've Penn State's been, right, a 10-win team, 11-win team. Um, But ultimately, how do you get to that next level how do you close that gap? And the big thing this year for Penn State uh, is or was supposed to be the whiteout game being in Beaver Stadium against Ohio State, always the marquee game on the schedule. Um, Penn State, when we're recording this right now, they have not announced what they're going to do with attendance. So, I mean, you got to figure it's going to be drastically reduced. <laughs> um, they've already said, like, unless you have a season ticket, you're not getting in. So, who knows what kind of atmosphere you even get for that yeah. marquee game when you oh, get yes. Ohio State coming to your house in a year in which, to me, it feels like for Penn State. It's kind of it's almost a bit, a little bit of an now or never type of situation because you got to almost figure that Parsons and Friermuth are sure bets. You would think to head to the NFL after this year. So who knows what you know what yeah. the atmosphere yeah. looks like? But yeah.
2: Lots of wild cards there. Hey, what's the correct na- way to pronounce your new offensive coordinator's last name? Shiraka. Shiraka.
0: Yep,
1: Kirk Shiraka.
2: That was not even in my top three uh, <laughs> pronunciations. Um So uh, we, we have uh, some friends at the Eyes on Big podcast who did cover the Big Ten. They gave me a few questions for each of the teams that we're playing this year. And their question about Shiraka's offense uh, was, is this going to be kind of a simplified Uh, Offense like he was running at Minnesota where you only run a handful of plays but you run them really well and Mm -hmm. repeatedly or is it going to be a more elaborate wide open offense?
0: Uh, Penn State keeps saying that it's going to be a blended offense and blending what they've done well the last few years which really stems back to Joe Moorhead and then goes back to Ricky Ronnie um, last year. So a blended offense between what they've done well and what Chiraca wants to do. Um, I do think there will be some – some simplistic elements to it. But I think one of the things that's gotten blown out of proportion, at least from the Penn state side of things with it has been people have saying, Oh my God, Sharaka never used the tight ends at at Minnesota and blah, blah, blah. And what are they going to do with Pat Fryermuth? And um, he's made it very clear that when you have a tight end that good, uh, he's going to be a big part of the game plan, but people look at the numbers from Minnesota um, and kind of pointed to that. But I think the exciting part about this offense with what they want to do is you look at Sean Clifford and last year was up and down kind of as one would expect for a first year starter. Um, But you look at what Chiraca did with Tanner Morgan at Minnesota and you say, Hmm, okay. Theoretically on paper, you've got more uh, with a Clifford, uh, you know, a former four-star kid, elite 11 quarterback to tap into. So I'm curious to see what it looks like. Uh, But Penn State's also in an interesting spot where they've got a lot of talented running backs. So they really should be a balanced attack. But Shiraka wants to push the ball down the field, take their shot plays, uh, which Penn State has been an explosive offense the last few years. But I do think maybe some people kind of got spoiled by it by the fact that they were just lights out with Joe Moorhead in terms of explosive plays. Um, but you also had Saquon Barkley at that point. So doesn't hurt, right?
2: <laughs> right. Oh, well, yeah. Anytime. Anytime you have Saquon Barkley, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, I guess last question. I'm curious. Uh, so I was looking back at the history, and Nebraska's had such a tough run the last number of years. I just assume everybody's beat us every time. Um, but <laughs> prior to the 2017 56-44, and it really was a beatdown, Nebraska actually was on a four-game winning streak, including – Against Penn State, including the three games we'd played in the conference, um, so uh, roundabout. What I'm trying to get at is, what what Penn State fans and the team, what do they think of Nebraska right now? I mean, are we even on the radar? Uh, disappointing addition to the Big Ten. I'm, I'm curious what what your take would be.
0: No, I, I think there's a lot of respect there um, for Nebraska, and I, I think it's. I mean, I remember when. Nebraska joined the Big Ten. That's right when I started covering Penn State football. And so, you know, at that point, everybody was super excited. And you're saying, okay, look at the history between these these two teams. Um, so I think there's definitely respect there. I mean, when you look at disappointments in the conference, I think we both probably know um, where that's going to head. I mean, Rutgers is what it is. And yeah. a more competitive Rutgers would, would help everyone. And it seems like they're kind of on the right path to doing that. Um, with Greg Schiano, but Rutgers and Maryland are the two that regionally, Penn State, you see a lot of them, and you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, I will say Penn State had a Friday night game at Maryland last year, and so it was early on in the year. It was a really good atmosphere, at least for, like, the first quarter, then the game got blown open. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just hope that those teams can kind of turn the corner and be a little more exciting – um, but Nebraska, I do not think Penn State fans um, feel that way with Nebraska. It's been really interesting just kind of from afar following all the Scott Frost hype. Yeah. And, you know, what's what's this team going to look like? So I've been intrigued by it. But, yeah, i only been to Lincoln once. Um, so I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back out there and checking it out a little bit. Yeah, you know,
2: Penn State kind of has – I don't know if this occurs to Penn state fans, but I mean, they have that a unique relationship with Nebraska and that they were the first addition to the big 10, you know, they were the 11th and Mm -hmm. then we were the 12th. So I don't know if maybe that gave some comment, if there was a common bond as a result of that. Um,
0: Yeah. Kind of the, the two uh, storied programs that are coming, you know, coming into the conference. And I think it has been a really nice fit with Nebraska. When you look at it, I mean, I get it. You get Maryland, you get Rutgers because of that New Jersey market, because of, you know, the Eastern part of the country that you're trying to tap into. Um, But to me, Nebraska just fits so well when you get, you know, the Iowas and the Wisconsin's of the world and the Minnesota's. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, when we made the jump, I, you know, obviously we were, I grew up in the big eight, the big 12, my, my family before me. Um, But it it really made a lot of sense and it seemed like a really good fit. But then, yeah, when, when we added those last two teams, it was kind of like them.
0: Yeah. I thought this was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, those are kind of the ones, you know, and you just, you hope though that things change over time. Cause I mean, the way it's set up like the last few years for Penn state, you get Rutgers at the end of the year. And last year it was honestly like, they were, Sean Clifford was banged up. So they rested him. They started their backup quarterback. I mean, it was pretty much a developmental scrimmage. And you're like, okay, how are you going to get fans in the stands Thanksgiving weekend? And you're seeing everybody's having their rivalry games. And you kind of roll out this clunker. I mean, that's just just kind of what Rutgers feels like right now.
2: So is Rutgers like the designated end of season game for Penn State?
0: So the way, the way it's worked, um, it used to be Michigan State. And then right now, I don't know if it's always going to be that way. I'm not sure on that. Um, but it's seemingly the last few times it's been late in the year. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if, it's, if that's always going to be the case, but it's I just – I hope
2: not for Penn State's sake.
0: I mean, it's just not a, a thrilling – I mean, I do remember Penn State during the – it was during the O'Brien era. I remember them closing out the regular season at Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're trying to – especially when that game's at Beaver Stadium – you're dealing with students who get a week off at Thanksgiving. So you're trying to get some kind of a crowd there for a team. That's been, you know, pretty good. Last few years, really good. Um, and then you just like, Oh, why are people going to come here when it's Rutgers? You sure. know, it's, yeah. it's interesting.
2: That's tough. That's tough. Well, Hey, where can, uh, where can our listeners um, read what you're writing about Penn state?
0: Yeah, they can subscribe to The Athletic, uh, The Athletic Penn State page. We also have a great Nebraska writer uh, in Mitch Sherman. So we've got all kinds of Big Ten coverage. And I am on Twitter at at Oddsnyder, A-U-D-S-N-Y-D-E-R. And the number four, if anybody is old Packer Brett Favre fans, that's, ah. that's where they can find the four. So at ah. odd 4
2: There weren't th- three odd Odds in front of you. That was Oddsnyder's, <laughs> you're... It's Brett Favre. Awesome. Well, hey, Audrey, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I I hope it works out for you to come out to Lincoln uh, in November, and I hope we can have a regular schedule, um, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Hope so. Looking forward to getting out there. Best of luck to you. Awesome. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Thanks again to Audrey for joining us on the podcast. Good to have her back.
2: Yeah, I I mentioned this in the interview, but it's kind of funny to think back on um the matchups with penn state i for some reason i always think we've lost to them a lot more than we did mm. so back when solich was the coach we we traded wins with them which i remember losing at beaver stadium but i don't i don't remember winning as well
1: hmm.
2: and we've been on a, a decent we've had some success against them and um it's a team that is a big name in the east that we have not played nearly as much as ohio state it feels like so anyway hopefully we get the game in at some point and uh you know, November 7th is as good as any day, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so the news, the news of the day of the week, I guess, is that the big 10 has decided to move to uh, a 10 game conference schedule, which right now we have nine games scheduled. Uh, you go to the uh and look at the schedule and they've got, Purdue and then there's the three games, the non-conference games are all gone in the Northwestern and the rest of the big 10 games are as scheduled. Um, and so then we'll, we'll pick up one presumably. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Scott Dockerman, um did from the athletic as well. Did I uh, had a tweet where he, he ranked all of the big 10 teams based on their, uh, how they performed last year. Oh
1: yeah. I saw that.
2: And then looked at who had like the toughest matchups based on last year's performance and then tried to match up who we deserve to play based on the, the difficulty of this year's schedule. And he just using his little scheme had us playing Maryland, um, which, you know, sounds like a win. Okay. Know? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, Mike, what, if you're going to add a, a big 10 game, or you, do you want to play Michigan, Michigan state? I mean, who, who would you want to play if you could add anybody?
1: The only thing I don't want to see is Nebraska playing the same team twice in one season. I feel like that that is kind of, I guess, kind of like just rolling over and and letting COVID dictate everything. Maybe COVID should dictate everything. I don't know, but like, I don't know how lame would it be to play Iowa twice this year just because they're close? You know, something like that. I don't want to see that. I guess we have played Wisconsin twice in one season, though, but that was because it was the Big Ten championship. So and that did not go well for us. Yeah,
2: and, and Moose has said he wants to play twelve games, so you know maybe maybe he tries to keep something on the schedule with with one at like South Dakota State because they're nearby and they're mm-hmm. they're not a hotbed of of COVID.
1: Yeah, um, man, did you see there was that South Dakota State player? I I forget who it was, but he had. Like I think his dad played for Nebraska. Yeah, I think it
2: was Lester Johnson's son, Cade Johnson. Who yeah, like a, a legit All American up there, and probably would have fit in real well with us had we pursued him harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was saying this was we were his dream school, and he really was looking forward to that game, and so that sucks for for him. Really brokenhearted about missing out on that opportunity. I was, I was talking to Audrey before before we were recording, and and I when we. So, actually, we were supposed to talk on Thursday mm-hmm. at 2.15, and that was, like, right when that announcement hit. Mm. And so she's like, hey, I got to – can we push this? I got a <laughs> deadline here. And I was like, yeah, definitely. So we talked, and it was, you know, nice to have some time to think about it. And so when we talked on on Friday when we connected, she was in the midst of looking at contracts for the non-conference games that had now been canceled. And they had some – like, they were going to play Virginia Tech. Mm. So they were going to go there, and actually – uh, it's it's a home and home. and I can't remember if they were going there this year or, but either way, like they were going to actually like make money on one of those. Hmm. Um, so that made me think of the Akron game. And I can't remember what I said in my interview with Audrey, but, you know, Akron was here and they ended up not playing. And we, there was like an act of God clause in the contract with Akron, um, but it was around hurricane language, which is ridiculous because mm. this is Nebraska. Yeah. And so I, I don't think it. I don't think it went to litigation. And actually, in the end, I think we ended up paying Akron some of the money, but not all of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you know, that was a time when all the rest of the games were happening, and you know, we had our full. You know, we had all the rest of the income that we were counting on. So yep. I mean, it's yep. not like we can just pay. So anyway, you worry about the South Dakota State, the Central Michigans, and Cincinnati's. I mean, even though. Central Michigan and Cincinnati are successful, relatively successful power five or a group of five schools. Like they need that money
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And South Dakota state. I mean, that that's like their budget. I imagine. <laughs> for the- yeah. So that hurts. But you know, when you, when you, when you keep it with just, when you keep it with just big 10 teams, you can really standardize everything. You know, you can mandate testing, you can mandate um, travel arrangements and then also you have the TV contracts they're They're easy to adjust because it's all connected through the big yeah, 10. Network it's all
1: in-house essentially. Yeah. One.
2: yeah. So it's, you know, it just, it gives them the flexibility and gives you the chance to postpone. And I mean, if you've been reading anything about this, we're not, we're not saying anything new, um, but man, I guess I thought it might be coming, but I didn't, I guess it caught me, caught me off guard a little bit.
1: Hmm. I'm still hopeful that we'll get to see some games played this fall. Um, I think that we will see the college football season start, but then how it proceeds is a big question mark. And I think that that's why they're really pressing the flexibility side of things is like beyond week one, if we get there, when and if we get there, you know, nothing is guaranteed, right? Um, what's interesting for Nebraska, though, is that. For the first time in recent memory, we are playing a conference game as our season opener. So at least that, in theory, should be staying the same. You think? Like, yeah. do you foresee that being changed for anything? I don't know. Again, all
2: I can go off of is what's on the Huskers' website right right now, which still has all the games, all the conference games on their dates. So Purdue, mm-hmm. so Purdue is still set for September fifth. Okay. Um, you know who's in the stands. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we, there was just the Shrine Bowl game in Western Nebraska uh, earlier this week and uh, – or this weekend, mm-hmm. recording on Sunday mm-hmm. night here. So it was yesterday on Saturday. And uh, they had people social distanced in the stands and it sounded like Sean Callahan was tweeting a lot of people wearing masks. So we'll see if – got to give it two weeks here to see if there's a bunch of infections. But, you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Sounds like the, the kids at least were all being tested pretty regularly leading up to the game itself. So I, th- I think it actually might be a good kind of case study for how other programs might do it going forward. You know, like if, if everybody on the field has been tested and tested negative within the last 48 hours or something like that, you know, well, hey, you can maybe proceed with the game with some semblance of confidence that at the very least... Any transmission would be minimal, but um, man, it it feels insane that we're even having this conversation. Yeah. Like, what the heck? We yeah. we're just two dweebs talking about football. What do we know? <laughs> but uh, I just hope that we get to see some college football, and like more than anything, that when and if that happens, that people can stay healthy and you know reasonably safe throughout. Yeah.
2: All you're hearing from the the Husker players via Twitter. Um, is that they're anxious to play and they want to play. And I think, I think it was Sam McEwen maybe on the pick six podcast or I think it was him made what to me was a really compelling argument, which is if you're, if the safety and well being of the football players is truly your number one priority, what's the best way to incentivize them to stay safe? Is it a to say football, football season's canceled, go take care of yourself. Or is it B to say, we're going to do this football season, but it, in order to do so you have to be really vigilant mm-hmm. uh, you need to take care of yourselves we're going to give you every support we can do everything we can to help you do that but we got to take this really seriously and i mean obviously like if you want 18 19 21 year old 2020 year old students who's frontal cortexes and you know
1: <laughs> that's still developing, we're still developing.
2: <laughs> you got to give them a good reason to stay healthy mm-hmm, and take
1: care mm-hmm. and for that, you know if you're you to really, dangle that carrot
2: yeah that might that might be the, like the most powerful carrot
1: yeah and i mean like that's even being dangled in front of the general public like hey do you want a college football season put on a mask like now yeah. you have some impact on this believe it or not you know the power is yours mm-hmm. But uh, hey, in the meantime, we'll keep doing this podcast. Um, and uh, you know, if things change, we might uh, we might temporarily become a movie review podcast this fall. Who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean we're gonna keep we're gonna keep rolling here. I mean we we gotta finish out all our season previews. Fortunately, mm-hmm.
1: they're all yeah they're all conference games left, so
2: we're good there. Those aren't gonna get canceled, and you know if someone gets added to the schedule. Um well, when someone gets added to the schedule you know presumably we'll we'll talk to someone there mm-hmm. and uh you know just uh see what happens I mean i I fully anticipate by the time we record next week that it's a different story so yeah.
1: it's just so subscribe so bad. now, folks if you haven't already done so
2: try and keep up yeah so I mean the the big Ten announced this on Thursday and mm-hmm. then I think on Friday the ACC no. Pac-12. Pac-12. Pac-12 announced. I think that's it for now, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But the S- wait for the domino effect, I say.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: so there's going to be a
2: real trickle-down effect uh, to the lower divisions, the lower conferences, and, um, you know, maybe this uh, fundamentally restructures how college football is funded, how it works. Um, who knows, like, what the, the lasting implications of all this are, but... Yeah. I kind of feel like the end of every episode of wait, wait, don't tell me. They're like, when that does happen, we'll talk about it here.
1: On the- <laughs> I man, I haven't listened to that show in forever, man. But instead, I've got a new thing in the Husker pod. That's my first choice for podcast listening. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: uh, on a different topic. I uh, I was on cnbuffalo.com earlier today because as as many of you may remember they were out of stock for a while I think when there was some limits on on meat uh, production and distribution I think there was a big run on on outfits like Central Nebraska Buffalo you know mm. small small producers and so for a while there they're out of everything except for jerky but I'm on their website right now and we've got five pounds of ground bison we've got. Five pound bison burger patties, fifteen patties. We've got a grill box with ribeyes and strips and ground, and we've got a starter box with chuck roast, ribeyes. I mean, it's like almost so. There's a couple of things out of stock, but the vast majority of it is here. here it, for the tank
1: tank. it is a bison smorgasbord of meat selections corn a veritable cornucopia of bison products cornucopia i only ever use that word in november
2: (laughs) i mean if you could search and there probably is a way to search on the internet for word usage i'm sure that would be
1: oh yeah no that well i guess it would be just word searches on google like because you can you can look at the history of search terms on google which probably it, it, i bet that reflects its usage because in november you probably have people googling the word trying to figure out how to spell it <laughs> it's not that hard yeah well you know well whatever the case go
2: check out cnbuffalo.com yeah all of them on instagram and They're
1: then Facebook. Quick, quick disclaimer. My brother called me out. I don't know if you listened to my plug for Central Nebraska Buffalo last week, but I mentioned that normally I like to drown my meat in steak sauce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my I brother. I, I had a phone call with my brother, and he said, "You do realize how many people that you lost credibility with by saying that?" And like, that's the point. That's the point. Is I know I like like when it comes to steak, I like to overcook it. I like to. I like everything well done. I pour. So that's just me. I know I'm not a connoisseur at all, but you never
2: claim to be a perfect
1: person. Yeah. The point I was trying to make is, what you prepared for me when I came over to your house and you grilled bison steak was great, and I didn't need to add anything to it.
2: Let's let's (laughs) do that again. Let's uh, let's grill out and like I'll just grab it from Leon's because you you can get it here at Leon's or you Mm -hmm. can get it just good meats in Omaha. And um, I'll grill it. You show up and just sit like across the table or six feet away. Should we do that? Let's do it. I'm down. Okay. One of these days.
1: <laughs> exactly. We also can't forget Mr. Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. We always want to give his phone number a plug. Put it in your phone. Save it as a contact. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. It's 402. Care pressure. Care pressure. 402-770-3356. If you have anxiety about making phone calls, he also happens to have an email address. It is monty.roady at prglincoln.com, and I always say his last name is spelled R-O-H-D-E, but I actually don't know if I've ever mentioned the fact that his first name is spelled M-O-N-T-Y. That seems obvious to me, but people spell names strangely sometimes, but his first so name... people put an E on the end there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
2: Or- I wonder. I wonder if Monty puts a lot of stick sauce on his steak we should ask him we should ask him hard-hitting questions I was gonna say Mike earlier at least you don't put ketchup on it
1: no no that's that's gross <laughs> I mean like ketchup is fine in certain situations like when it comes to burgers I gotta have like your standard American cheese you gotta have your yellow mustard none of that weird Dijon crap on a burger just put yellow mustard and ketchup like just your standard red, fancy. Because I want to have a certain consistency. It needs to be fancy ketchup. Okay. I was but, listening uh, to the
2: Eyes on Big podcast from this last week, and I think they had almost this exact same conversation. And I'm really just ask the question that I think Jeffrey the Greek asked, which is, "Do you put mayonnaise on yours?"
1: I uh, actually believe it or not, Justin. I had burgers tonight, and I did put mayonnaise on both of them. It's good. Yeah.
2: All that being said, do give Monty a call. <laughs> If you're thinking thinking about making a move, if your friend's thinking about making a move, get, get in touch. Seek his advice. He'll be helpful. We commend him to you. We're going to get him on the show.
1: Actually, that would be cool. It'd be great to hear from him, You know, kind of get the insider's perspective on Realty and Lincoln and, and the surrounding area um, from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Because as much as I am enthusiastic about real estate, um I'm not a homeowner. <laughs> so
2: yeah. well, well and also I mean we got one asking about steak sauce and mayo on burgers. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Can you tell that this is a podcast where you and I are actually like simultaneously uh catching up <laughs> as we I know record? it's funny cuz we didn't we
2: you hit record like 3 times and then stopped because we kept chatting before mm-hmm. we finally started and uh yeah, it's good uh it's good to catch up. It's good to connect with people and.
1: yeah I feel like I feel like our listeners understand though like we get down to business not to defeat the Huns but <laughs> to uh, to you know start talking football right away at the beginning of our podcast because that's one thing that I appreciate in a podcast like if I if I'm starting a podcast about a certain subject I want to be able to hear people talking about football if it's a football fo- if it's a football podcast within the first couple of minutes like let's talk about football right and then, then, the at the, yeah. then at the end, you know, we, we kind of, we get there. We meander down the mountain. We make it back to base. Well, Mike, I don't know. Got any, uh, been reading any good books lately? Um. Actually, interestingly, the last book I read, I finished maybe two weeks ago. Um, I finished, finally got around to reading Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Do you know what that is? No. It is the first expanded universe novel for Star Wars that was written uh, before The Empire Strikes Back as a potential sequel to Star Wars if Star Wars was not a huge success. So it's really interesting to read the story, kind of, you know, now that we know the rest of the real story, to see what they were thinking about doing if (laughs) Star Wars was a, a financial flop. You know, there was like, well, how, how can we make a story where we don't have to spend a lot of money? So it's basically just Luke and Leia on this, like, swamp planet for 90% of the book. Um, so I guess they could have just gone to, like, some rainforest somewhere and filmed everything in a couple of days was their thought. But no Han huh. Solo, because they were afraid about uh, Harrison Ford not signing on to a contract or something at that point. So they didn't have him in the story at all um bunch of new characters, but basically, Luke, Leia, and then in the final act, Vader comes back. So there you huh. go. Wow, I've I've been catching up on movies that I wanted to
2: see but just hadn't gotten around to it. So I saw uh, Mandy and I watched uh *Knives Out* finally. Oh, no,
1: dude, I was gonna say that. Uh, it was on Amazon Prime. Watched yeah, it a couple that's weeks why. ago. I want to hear yeah. your take. What do you think of it?
2: it was really fun uh some i mean a ton of people have told me that i would like it and yeah we really did um super fun uh funny how she's well i don't want to say too much for those who haven't seen it but we really enjoyed all the characters i mean we're so like unique and different and um you know ryan johnson he just does a good job even if even to those who can't stand the last jedi i mean he just makes a good movie
1: yeah, I was impressed uh, seeing the end credits roll. I knew that he directed it, but he wrote it, too. Like, So, I mean, that's a testament to how brilliant he is, honestly.
2: I'm going to look him up right now on IMDb. Um, I mean, all of his movies are just really fun.
1: Mm-hmm. So, here's the interesting thing. I finally, finally, maybe a month before seeing Knives Out, saw Clue. Oh! <laughs> so... So I finally got got around to seeing Clue and uh, Knives Out blows Clue out of the water. And I know that like not they're both they both kind of exist in their own time and they succeed by their own merits. But uh, between the two, I strongly preferred Knives Out.
2: So I'm looking at his filmography like Looper is a great kind of time travel chasing yourself through time kind mm-hmm, of flick mm-hmm. rick is like a, a film noir set in a high school um which sounds like tame but like the stakes are really like there's a murder and the stakes are high oh i see knives out two has been announced oh um which the is brothers-
1: curious because what on earth else would they do with that story hopefully it's like all new characters in a different situation yeah i assume daniel craig just Ghosts oh okay yeah scenario. i can see that yeah. he's solving a new murder i get that
2: the brothers bloom is kind of a a fun kind of i don't know magical brothers fantasy type thing not matt like uh like magicians in the real world kind of sense mm-hmm. illusionists
1: <laughs> you can't say illusionist without me thinking of will arnett saying that yeah
2: yeah <laughs> me neither anyway all right let's uh let's
1: call it yeah we've uh taken more time to get there than usual on this episode but that's okay you're stuck at home anyway or you're out on your run for the first time in a week so enjoy what else do, we have to do? Yeah, yeah
2: you're welcome <laughs> go big red mike go
1: big red